Welcome to Vanguard Radio. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Welcome to Goyfire. We have Byron Jost in the studio tonight, as well as Shane. Byron's going to talk about uh, his run-in with Tom Tancredo. Shane is back in the studio tonight after being on a 7,000-mile odyssey, distributing the Aryan Alternative 3 across the United States. Shane, I guess we'll let you just take this away. Uh, how about telling our listeners uh, where you were, what happened, and uh, what type of reaction you got. I started out and I uh, was able to meet Todd and Baby Cakes, and, uh, who are both posters, Todd in Florida, sometimes called Todd the Bomber. Todd's going to distribute 12,000, pardon me, and I had 10,000, so we were all loaded up. He had uh, his 12,000 in his truck, and I had mine and 10,000 in the Buick, and uh, it was all weighted down. They weigh 86 pounds per thousand. So I guess it's an equivalent to driving around five, uh, six-foot, 240-pound uh, men, something like that. I, I, I'm still a little um, velocified from it all, but it, it's easily one of the best experiences of my life. Let me just jump right to the present, and that is I saw Ron Doggett, who's been an activist far longer than I have, and, uh, and uh, Ron said he's thinking about doing this, I guess, nationally. And I'm hoping that uh, that Alex will... Let us essentially split up the United States into about five sections, five or six, and we can get uh, guys doing this and, and roll off with 100,000 TAs. I'm getting ahead of myself. But <laughs> the, uh, the more people we get this into their hands, the quicker they can realize uh, the, the oppressiveness of the thought control that's present in this uh, decaying society. I really do believe that. And it causes almost a visceral reaction in many people. And yet, contrastingly, others, it's as if you've arrived behind enemy lines with sustenance for them. And this is how it was in Toledo. I wanted to drive right up there because when I heard that uh, the gangs had, had been assaulting white kids who were, you know, just walking to school, that, 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 that's a little bit much, you know. Yeah, where, where were you when you heard about that? Did you have a radio? or? Well, I knew NSM was going up there, and as a lot of people know, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I like Jeff Scoop's uh, uh, speaking, and I like the way these guys stand up there. This is controversial, even within VNN, so, and, and I know that. But these guys say what anyone may. They'll get up there in the street and... and, and uh, essentially taught niggers, exactly what niggers do to us on MTV and to our people. And you know, in all their media, in all their, their rap music, uh, these taunts to Whitey and so forth. And uh, NSM will stand up there and confront them. And, of course, they're not going to be there. And uh, Anyway, I knew about it a long time. I, just, I, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know what would happen. And the problem is, is, is I... Uh, uh, Terry Too Longer in Dayton, Ohio, because that was where, if you'll remember, one of our uh, 
the, the three blonde uh, murdered young women we, we had in our hush crime story. Uh, she was from Dayton, as I recall, generally Kayla Hurst. And uh, Dayton is a pretty downtrodden city, in my opinion, but I just couldn't find the, the, the best areas to uh, distribute the TAA that I thought would be. I was looking for a university. I did find one, a minor one there. Uh, so I got into Toledo, and I immediately found a white section. It's a very odd city. If you cross an edge of the periphery of the high-rises, you'll cross into the, the Negro section. And what you'll see is very beautiful white architecture, and it's just, uh, it's as if one civilization abandoned it and another moved in. It's, that's the only way I could possibly describe it. And uh, I had heard on the radio that they'd been throwing baseball-sized rocks, and that was just when I was about 30 minutes out of town. So I knew it was bad. So you caught it live coming in yeah. off the freeway. Yeah. And uh, so I just immediately found the white section, and as a matter of fact, there were there were uh, uh, congoloids living on the edges of this and, and within it, and, and the further into the white section you got, the less you would see that. Now look, uh, a, a lot of VNNers have had the benefit of a real middle-class background, and not all of us, but I'd probably say most of us, middle or upper middle class. In other words, we've had access to education and, and, and uh, information our entire lives. And not all of these people did. I could tell that. And yet the ages, the, the looks in their eyes, and, and keep in mind, you know, this is the stuff that most whites in this country, we've been taught, oh, racism, it's the worst, the lowest of the low. And I think they thought I was associated with NSM, at least initially. I mean, they would have this look of trepidation and interest and, and, and attraction from like 30 feet away when I just hold up an open copy from my car. And this was not usual anywhere else. So they had been primed by their local media for weeks with this NSM event. You know, they knew it was coming. And, and because they were there on the front lines, uh, being assaulted, and, and I'm sure their their women raped and you know uh, pounced on by 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 these Negroes for for years, uh, decades. But it's really gotten worse uh, with, with the current popular mindset that, that uh, everything African is great. Anyway, they would recognize it from a distance, and they knew it was, and then they'd be drawn to it as if it was some sort of talisman. It was very uh, otherworldly almost. You were the just, catalyst at that moment. Yeah, it felt like that. And uh, uh, the, the message that was in there, and, and this ran the gun, but there was one family that refused it. I, I mean, in a hand-to-hand, I'm not talking about when I tossed it. I'm talking about I would give them a fresh, unfolded copy, just handed straight out of my automobile if they were pedestrians. And I think I handed out about two dozen that way, and only one family refused it. And... Old women, old men, young, pretty girls, uh, and some of them would come and talk, and they would they would tell me what's going on. And, and one girl said, "I'm I'm the only uh, white who works here," and she was about 20. And I said, "You know, you have to leave here." I said, "I was just in uh, uh, Lexington, Kentucky," and I said, "There's a lot of money in that city." She said, "Oh, I know my my uh, parents are from there," and and then I gave her a copy, and she put it in her hip pocket, folded it up, and she told me some quick anecdotes about she and her boyfriend and, and how they've been pummeled by these people and such. And it was just kind of painful and interesting all at once, but I'm telling all of the VNNers, and, and NSM knows this because they saw it up there too, this is what's coming in the United States, and this is what uh, uh, the, the, the emotional payoff in, in just being able to relate 
on this context with our own people is really something. It's just really beneficent for 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 both sides. Being a part of that life and death issue, but yeah, uh, making a change. I guess. Uh, again, as we've all discussed, uh, Alex knows this full well uh, because he's a. The master truth propagandist. When truth is presented, this is ex- essentially what Tom Paine did in the Sons of Liberty. A lot, you know, I'm a f- aficionado of the Revolutionary War, as m- most of the people know, who uh, post on VNN. And Tom Paine started this with common sense, and it was a pamphlet. And this is essentially the modern day equivalent of that. Of course, it's 16 pages, mm-hmm. and it's an old medium. It goes back to Gutenberg. The, 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 the telling of truth is something that really can't be gainsaid or stopped anywhere. It's just a liberating uh, experience, and, and they know this. The whole process is just—it's uh, fantastic to be a part of it, and uh, it's so interesting to see the different reactions of, of people. For instance, let me just tell you another anecdote to, to tell, tell you an example. I was in uh, southern Alabama, and I was actually kind of looking at some real estate, and I talked to the owner. You know, I was taking a little break there, and I went to the beaches and such, and, and I like that beach areas. Uh, anyway, um, so I was in there at night, uh, re-looking at a, at a little property, and, uh, you know, they're pretty cheap down there. And the police, they had had some burglaries in the area, so they actually pulled me over. And I said, look, you know, I talked to the owner today and, and actually made her an offer on this. And so uh, he said, uh, well, uh, you smell like marijuana to me. And I said, look, <laughs> he's a real dignified, good-looking white cop, you know, a big guy, just a prototypical Aryan guy, and uh, about 6'2", and he was the captain, as it turned out. I didn't realize that at first, but they, they came, and six or eight, ten cops came and called him a captain. And I said, look, I'm a little rank because I've been driving on this Odyssey, and, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm showering at the pilot truck stops. I've had two showers in five days or something. Uh-huh. Because this is more important, and I said, "I'm so I apologize if I'm a little rank." But, and uh, anyway, so the, one of the lower cops he pulls out a big, huge stack of them, you know, about 160 bound, you know, about six inches deep, as if he'd really found the most. <laughs> <laughs> you got chain. You got that long hair still? Yeah, I do have that, and I don't tie it back. But yeah, but so, so, so one of those hippies, huh? Uh, well, like I told the cop, I said, well, you know, come on, uh, this, is new, this is all that's on TV. I mean, you know, it's not as if it's uh, outlandish these days. And then the, the cop at one point, he was telling me stuff like, well, we're really just looking for crystal meth. We don't really care about marijuana as if I'm supposed to say at that point, oh, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and they were frustrated. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I did just buy this car from a 16-year-old kid. So anyway, then they, they said, we're going to bring the dog. So they brought the dog, Labrador. And the dog goes all around. And then finally, the, the the dog sits by my door, real quietly, by my front door. And then pretty soon I see a rubber ball coming from the other side of the car. The cop tossed him a rubber ball. See, that was before the search. So anyway, uh, so somehow the dog got it wrong. Then they pull out a little thing of sand I got in Gulf Shores, Alabama, the one cop, the same one who found the, the Aryan alternatives. And he gives that to the captain, you know, just like a little toady. It's very funny. Yeah. And, I, and he says, what's this? And I said, that's sand from Gulf Shores. I said, I thought it was so interesting because it's so much more fine than sand from Hawaii, for example. <laughs> and I was laughing, and even the captain starts laughing. He says, it sure looks like it. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, but here's the punchline to the story, see. Finally, the captain, I'd been making remarks to him about, you know, about the demographics of crime before they even found the Aryan alternatives. 
and uh, and he'd been listening. They were even laughing when I talked about Liberia and uh, uh, the $900 per capita income and 2,000 cell phones. And uh, we know that from this that the lingering effects of slavery last at least 147 years. And you know, and the guys were in stitches from that. So uh, even the captain, you see. So then when he finds the area and alternatives and the captain looks at it, and then I open it up and I show him my house crimes. I said, you see, that's me, because by that time they'd seen my registration and everything. And then it was like a light dawned on in his eyes. And, and here's the interesting part. It was as if suddenly I went from culprit to hero. <laughs> With the captain. And then the captain immediately pulls me over, and he goes, I see now. He says that. He said, come over here. And so here's me and the captain. See, and all the time before, you know, he'd been real aggressive to me. And he says, listen, we had one of our guys. This just happened. It turns out, I found out later, it happened a year ago. But one, and one of their guys was the assistant police chief who's a nigger. So this guy's dad uh, was belligerent and causing some trouble, so the cops showed up. So they haul him off in the police cruiser, right? Now, keep in mind, this is the assistant police chief's dad of this town. Now, so he's kicking out the back, uh, you know, the, the, the bulletproof partition, right, trying to kick it out all the way to the police station. So then when the, when the arresting officer gets him out of the car, this nigger grabs the cop's taser gun and shoots the cop with a taser gun. So the cop's down, you know, with 50 or 100,000 volts, whatever it is. Then he's standing over him with the cop, you know, how dare you arrest a, a, a black man, I suppose. So then another cop wheels up and spots this and shoots the taser, uh, taser nigger dead. So what happens? They've had a year of the FBI, the NAACP, their lawsuits pending, on and on and on. And, and uh, that, that, that's the story. And this is the assistant police chief's father. Why, why, why doesn't anyone say, you know what, my dad was wrong. He had no business acting like that. That's just not acceptable behavior when you're arrested but uh, no the fbi he says the fbi has been down there ever since then he said the, the whole thing just won't go away mm. and so there were quadroons searching my car you know so that's why he pulled me over to tell me that what was the initial impetus that led them to uh, search you or to question you well again i was looking for for this real estate and and uh, there were a couple of ways to drive into it so i thought well i'll look at night and see what it looks like you know you know you know you want to see things in day and the night and see and i and i thought uh you know, I'll look around and see what it feels like because, you know, you imagine you're going to be in a, a, an area and look around and, uh, you know, and just orient yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, the only, in fact, uh, I just called the owner the other day and made her another offer. So the point is, you know, I, I had business there. She knew I was there and everything else. And I told them that. I, I don't really mind them stopping. In fact, it all turned out to be an interesting experience. But uh, that's just one example. In, in terms of uh, uh, throwing it on lawns and, and houses, I, it's real refreshing. I'd really re- recommend it to anybody. And I know we have a go trail. We have listeners, and uh, they seem to be increasing. It, when, when you participate in this, just liken it in your mind's eye or in your, in your belief system. We're doing what Thomas Paine and the Sons of Liberty and James Otis and Dr. Joseph Warren did. And it's really precious and important activity and, and, and uh, consciousness-raising work to do uh, for our people. And it's uh, part and parcel of who we are as Aryans. So just people should just start doing it. In fact, I've given it to people and said, listen, don't believe the lies that this is illegal. Because it's, it's become obvious to me that a lot of people believe either this is illegal or it should be illegal. And, and that's preposterous. It really makes me angry just thinking about it.
Alright, well we've gotten to the point where any type of riling of the the blacks is viewed as endangering uh, the white community and therefore they want to make that uh, illegal or at least in their minds that's an activity which is uh, what should be illegal endangering the white community right they they think that black rage will be stoked by such statements and that they will then murder or injure or more whites hmm. I don't I don't think they seem to care much about the I don't even think they recognize the white community, but 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 uh, they 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 really take offense that, for instance, I, as soon as this goy fire is over, I'm going to get in my car and go to D.C. and stand in the uh, the the line with um, for Rosa Parks at the Rotunda Aegis, and and uh, we'll see how tolerant they are. You know, I expect I'll probably have to contact VNN because my eyes are so poor and say, hey, you guys, I, I can't see to get out of this city because my glasses have been busted. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think they're going to be too damn tolerant when I when I present the facts of uh, Rosa Parks' communist background, training, and uh, and uh, and the DOJ's crime stats and so forth. But we'll I wish see. we had someone to tape that. That yeah, that would be a very interesting thing. Well, so I'll take my little cameras. Yeah. Well, now really Alex, when when Chain was uh, on the road, uh, you were getting up to five calls a day. Was is that correct? I well. Yeah, I I didn't I had uh, five calls one day and then I had a couple another day. Um, and I know Rounder's taking some calls also. So yeah, the the word gets out there and and uh, okay. some of you probably saw Rounder's uh, stunt of going down and we had a guy down in Rogers, Arkansas, threaten that if they caught whoever was distributing uh, this paper, they were going to throw him in jail. <laughs> and so he called their bluff. He went down there and went into the. Uh, station said go ahead arrest me i'm the guy who put it out if you don't arrest me i'm going to put out hundreds more and they back and down arrested for abrogation of his uh, is that the word for for of his uh, first amendment rights so to speak well they, they want to they they always want to claim that they want to imply or claim that this material is somehow illegal even though yeah. it isn't and they want to you know, they make a big bluster about oh littering or harassing people and the, the media usually comply with them and using the adl's term targeting you're targeting my first of all you can target whoever the hell you want with, with with publications. I mean, there's that's completely different in degree and kind from a, from any kind of actual legal harassment. We can well, the specialized publications. That's exactly what they do. Target. You know, they target young teenage girls. They target MTV watchers. Sure. They, that's exactly what me, uh, well, you know, demographic uh, media is. As as always, the Jews do what they accuse us of doing. And, and that's just a standard Jewish practice. So we can distribute this paper wherever and whenever we feel like it. The only thing, the, the rule that we obey is we don't put it in mailboxes. Now, that doesn't stop them from lying that we do, as we saw when I distributed up in uh, uh, Des Moines. Or was it, uh, yeah, Des Moines. You know, they, 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 they printed a letter from a woman who claimed I stuck in the mailbox, and then they didn't print my letter to their editor saying that I did not do that. None of us do that. We know that's illegal, but... That's the media for you. They're a bunch of punks. But a round, rounder completely called their bluff, and I hope we'll have him on here another week to talk about that. But, but Chain, yeah, your idea of uh, dividing the U.S. into districts and people uh, take care of them is a, is a solid idea. And then within those districts, have you know people put them out in particular local areas, but have at least one person in, say, five or six uh, mm -hmm. or some of the major cities. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to do that. 
we, we can do it, and I'll tell you, I had a 2.4 liter, which gets 33 miles a gallon on the highway, and then I changed the oil twice, and uh, it was, it was, and I ate at Wendy's and Burger King, you know, and that's all I wanted, uh, uh-huh. and a uh, little canned food. But So uh, the gas was about 800, but what I'm saying is I'm just mentioning that so that everybody gets an idea of what's involved. Now, you have to have a vehicle that won't, it's not going to break down. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd recommend a 1.0 liter if we could you know, acquire a few of those. And uh, and uh, in, in these uh, ultra-rich subdivisions, uh, I know the Buick uh, kind of barely scraped by, but it looked not out of place, let's put it that way, because it's pretty bright. And uh-huh. I was astounded uh, at, the, at the poor level of uh, so-called security that these ultra-rich people have. I mean, I'm sure I got uh, many pictures on infrared cameras, but... What I mean is, in terms of cruising police, you know, they they give this impression that uh, if if the regular classes uh, broach their their, their uh, boundaries, uh, you're going to be uh, incarcerated. No, it's not like that at all. You know, it's uh-huh. just a bunch of hooey. Had you been over a lot of this ground before? Or was this all new no. territory in the U.S.? For no. You? When I get to town, I would often tell. I I I'd pull in a, a gas station or something, and sometimes it take two or three because some of the clerks aren't overly bright. But I'd say, look. I want to uh, look at some McMansions and see where the rich people live, and maybe take some photographs and such. Yeah. And I, I did take a few, <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, but and then give me directions. He's go down here, take exit number twenty-two, and then uh, go right on this road two miles, and then go what? left. Okay. Chain, why don't you describe just briefly your like every stop that you hit on this particular trip? Mm. I can do that, Alex. But you know, I I ramble. But I'll do, I'll do it in some extent. Let me see. There was Toledo. Well, down the, the, like the big yeah. Okay, so okay. First was Atlanta. Now I've read in Atlanta. I think it was way back when. Not way back. It's, it seems like in our movement now. It's been like four years ago, five years ago, when the NA was uh, distributing pretty heavily down there. Well, remember and, Chester Dole's down there, and he had dozens uh-huh. of people. And the, the, was that Delanaga? I think they pronounce it. Georgia. Well, you know more about Chester because you guys were especially BNN was working with him heavily at that time. I mean, well, we 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 raised funds to defend him. I didn't. I really didn't know him or or yeah. know what he had. But my understanding was he was NA's number one activist, and he had dozens of people coming, dozens to hundreds of people coming to his meetings, and was starting to right. have some influence even with the local cops. And that's part right. of why they set him up. Yeah, and, and not only that, but 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 of course, Atlanta's the head of uh, CNN. So you can imagine, for instance, these subdivisions I went to. And when I tell you the, the architecture, you can't imagine. Well, you could imagine, but, I mean, unless you go there and see this day after day, it's, it's astounding the level of, I think it's 1% of the people in this country control, what is it, 50% of the wealth, I think? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've forgotten the precise stat, but it's at least 50. But what I'm saying is uh, these people have a great deal of influence and power, and uh, they are the elites in our society, and, and they share in common with us that they're very bright. And a certain number of them see things to one degree or the other as we do. Uh-huh. And it's only a matter of time before people such as uh, Mel Gibson and his dad and others, uh, you know, they know how to move money, uh, Alex. They can do it very quietly. They can do it anonymously. It doesn't have to be a great deal. For instance, that's why I mentioned that $800 sum. That yeah. the cost of the TAAs. You see what can be done with very little. I mean, you've done an incredible example to others in terms of putting the, this paper out and generating action, and this is what it's going to take. What I want to say to further what Chain says is that you rich people who are putting money in the conservatives and the Republicans, man, kiss it goodbye. They are your enemies. They are supporting the little brown folks and the George P. Bush and the, you know, the La Raza. You know, we are on your side. We're on the side of the whites. We, want the, we are the only people who preserve a context in which you can 
amass and keep private property. The fucking you know, I'm Mexican glad you're saying that, Alex. Steal it from you. Yeah, all that how they're supporting the little Raz and all that, and it's not only that; it's just the, the, the continual assault on 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 white uh, prosperity. When I say prosperity, I mean their their, their prospects for their, their kids to get into colleges and and, and to not be uh, you know constantly psychically and physically assaulted. It just goes; it's never ending. And you know, when you drive through these places, Alex, you see all these little uh, beautiful. Uh, I don't want to sound too off off beat, but I mean. They remind me of my family when I was young. You know, my sister and my brothers. Just they're just beautiful. You know, white kids. Why? Why are they beautiful? Because they're my people, and they look as I do, and I can relate to it. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's just how it is. And and I was amazed when you see how the some of them are. They're often these isolated. Uh, uh, yeah, they have a real privileged existence. A lot of these uh, well-off kids, but that they don't stare and glare at you hostily. You know, as you see minorities. Well, we white, minority yeah, Craig, we white nationalists, uh, you know, people who are rich are generally, as opposed to what the left said, they earned it. Okay? Yeah. They, they earned those, that wealth. And my point is that when you have Jews controlling the country and they're letting the Mexicans and they're loosing the niggers through what they call civil rights, okay, mm -hmm. those people are going to steal money from you literally, literally and directly and indirectly through so socialized uh, uh, programs that even the Republicans support. Because when the mass, as the mass becomes brown, all brown people understand is, vote for me and I will give you money from the from the government. Well, the government mm -hmm. doesn't make money. Money comes from private people. The government steals it from them and fences it to these fucking minorities in exchange for votes. Republicans yeah, fences are is a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. There's there's no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, and and that's democracy, and that's how it's going to be. It's going to be two brown-leaning socialist parties. We whites have something different. If you have a white racial context, it's better for anybody who wants to keep and own property, as well as it's just, as Craig said, you know, you're free of the psychic assault when you live in a place where it's okay to be white. All the being the should be aware of this now. There's some of the people who literally rule America reading our board every day. And uh, it's kind of exciting to me. You know, it's, it's not that I want to kowtow to them. It's not exactly that. But they can do their part, and we want them to. I want them to. We encourage uh, them to, yes. yes. Get involved. And, and, there's any levels you can get involved. You can do what Chain's doing. You can run for office. You can write for us. You can contribute money so that we can carry on stuff like this, like Goyfire. Put Goyfire on. Get the paper out there. Keep the website running in the, the face of DOS attacks and the, the other just general asshole maneuvers. And, and, and here's another thing, Alex, I want to say about the, the, this prospect for white families, no matter their classes. But, but especially the, the upper middle class and, and, and wealthy people should be aware of this. Listen, young white girls, and I went to school with them when I was their contemporary age-wise, and I, I converse with them now. Uh, I'm interested in what they're about. And I'm telling you, they're assaulted. They're culturally assaulted. And they're not intellectually complete enough. Their brains are not and their life experiences to fight this thing off when they get isolated in a university environment. And it's we 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 saw that with that uh, little redheaded genius in Alabama. What was her name? Uh, 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 oh, Brit, Brit was it Brittany uh, Bannister or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Uh, she got gang raped by 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 the by the nigger football squad and the nigger basketball squad. And uh, yeah, that's right. If you think if you guys who 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 are my age and a little bit younger, your daughters are not going to be exposed to this. You're wrong.
And and they're coming into a situation where the the niggers are every possible psychic avenue is taken to to tell you that that niggers are your your superiors, not your equals. Mm-hmm. The teachers... And you know how young people, especially the, their peers, their psychologists and all this, it's taught in psych too. The peer groups are inordinately important to them. So then, when they get isolated in the university, no matter almost any school in the country, uh, it's probably not like that in some top European schools, at least in the continent. Uh, they're exposed to these dangerous people and these concepts, and over one in 50 blacks has AIDS, and it's just not culturally enlightening. It's not going to help your, your, your child, your daughter especially. They're extremely vulnerable. The overriding message that, uh, let's say, wealthy white Americans uh, can identify with is sustainability. And uh, we're basically a political movement that is interested in the sustainability of the white race and its cultural fruits and its protection and its uh, growth and healthy expansion. And right now we have a political situation that is diametrically opposed to white interests and white safety and white prosperity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bill Clinton, in, uh, in his presidency, gave a speech in Oregon in which he said that in the year 2050, these are U.S. Census figures, that whites will become a minority in this country. And Drassel, uh, John Gardner, who, and by the way, has taken a particular interest in, uh, in uh, a particular VNN project. I won't get any more specific than that. I hope I'm not too out there to have said that. But uh, Drassel has said that uh, he's a kind of a philosopher of the movement, as uh, as uh, Professor Kevin McDonald is. And he has said uh, that when these minority interests become such, he, he's just delineated what occurs, what mass cultural strategies are. And he says when the minority, when, when the lower classes of the minority realize that they can just essentially do what they want, well, the game's very near its uh, end game. So when the allied minorities begin to dictate to whites or say, this is how it is, you're now a minority white people as we are. However, then the complaint will be, you're still the biggest minority. And think how that's going to be. And they'll say you're still the wealthiest minority, and, right. and they will use all these years of indoctrination that the white man is the problem. And like I've said, the college-educated ones are the worst because they've been taught a bunch of lies, that white people are responsible for their degraded condition rather than their own behavior and character. Uh-huh. And, 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 and by the way, that's, that, that's a slice and dice of, of, of the Karl Marx uh, uh, Jewish communist system, you know, where they turn uh, uh, cultural envy into racial envy. You know. Yeah, it's it's all it's all all Marxist derived. I mean, the whole multiculturalism thing is just a, a different shade of of Marxism, and we're responsible for that. Well, that doesn't go away. I mean, when and when those people gain power and they have those ideas, they will carry them out. And it happened in Haiti 200 years ago, where blacks get power over whites, they kill them off, they dispossess them. They're too dumb to see that it would be in their advantage to leave us alive. Their their hatred for us and their, and they're just the natural desire to get rid of the outsider will uh, lead them to kill us and the, the Jews have facilitated all this like we say the black is the symptom and the Jew is the disease Goyfire is all about dealing with the Jew and right. we reach it people is, yes it, we talk to them about hush crimes and we tell them the details of what niggers are doing to their daughters and their communities but we always back it up with the deeper understanding of these are the people who control the law schools who write these bogus laws and make these bogus decisions that loose these horrible criminals in your community Alex let me tell you uh, you asked about specific cities uh, I don't know if I can get them off chronologically but something ties in with that and that is I noticed some public universities and talk about decrepit uh, 
one of them was, I think, in Elizabeth, was it Elizabeth City uh, in North Carolina, which is up there on the water in eastern North Carolina, northeastern, just below Virginia Beach. And uh, essentially, this is a public school, and I noticed several like this. And, and what's happened is, although it's a state school, the whites have just... That they don't go there, and wherever these places are, they 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 look dangerous. They look hostile. Uh, the, the people stare at you with with no shyness about the fact of what the fuck are you doing here? Well, I guess Eastern North Carolina is pretty well niggerified, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. And uh, northern uh, northern and that whole strip, I took I believe Highway 158. And, and and wherever this is, as a matter of fact, in, in Alabama, this Alabama nigg, uh, mammy uh, state trooper pulled me over. And why? I didn't dim my lights. And then she <laughs> gave me a ticket for that. And, and, you know, why not just a normal person would just say, oh, you know, brighten theirs to remind you, oh, you got your brights on me, you know. But now she goes, you ran me off the road. <laughs> I said, ma'am, in fact, Stan, I know Stan, listen, I've got that on MP3, Stan. Then she tells me, keep your hands on the steering wheel. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. I got my hand on my gun. <laughs> I said, ma'am, you told me I must get my, my registration, and I told you the key is in my pocket. I am reaching in my pocket, as I've already told you, to get the key to open the glove box, ma'am. She says, well, I got my hand on my gun. Hey, that's how one of her uh, compatriots got blasted in it, that Atlanta shooting. But 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 this is how this is how it is, and it's going to be. I mean, it's just natural that that they don't understand our race, and we don't understand theirs. And it, I, I've been away from blacks for so many years. Uh, just interacting with them is very unpleasant. You know, they're they're often in a bad mood, and uh, or they try to make you feel as if they're in a bad mood, and it's not pleasant at all. And I can see why a lot of people in this country are graded by by uh, what we're constantly told by media. Yeah, well, Byron, uh, before we get too far afield, uh, Byron is in the studio, and uh, he has some extra news uh, regarding uh, Tancredo. Uh, and and his efforts to censor line in the sand, uh, Byron. Yeah. Uh, I understand you got some type of court document. <clears throat> well, ba basically, what I got was a uh, <clears throat> uh, a threatening letter from uh, the House Counsel saying that uh, Tom Tancredo doesn't like the movie and he wants his image removed and. You know, citing uh, invasion of privacy, tort laws, and you know, it, it's total nonsense. It's uh, it's it's a poor attempt at intimidation. Now, was this sent? Was this sent by certified mail? Um, yeah, it was sent certified mail. And the letterhead, U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, you can go and look at the letter for yourself. It's on my website. If you go to www.octobersunfilms.com, um, I put up a new page called Intimidation. And if you click on that page, uh, you can view the letter for yourself. So, so when one of the major networks makes a story about Ted Kennedy at Chappaquiddick and they use some film of his press conference, do they get these kind of letters or what? No, I'm I'm a little guy, and basically it's just a it's it's Tancredo basically grandstanding. Uh, this, this letter is no doubt a response to the congressional mailing that uh, Yggdrasil and I did earlier this month, Yggdrasil at Stormfront. And uh, we, we sent copies of the line in the sand to 205 congressmen. 
so there's no doubt that a bunch of his buddies got this, and and uh, the movie's circulating on Capitol Hill, and uh, I think he's uh, I think he's a little bit nervous. I, I uh, because because of Professor McDonald and Alex. Let, let, let me read this off here. He says, uh, this is, yeah, it's clearly an attempt to intimidate, but he says, Dear Mr. Jost, I write on behalf of the Honorable Tom Tancredo, blah, blah, blah. He's the rep for Colorado 6th District. It's come to our attention that you've used video clips of the congressman in a film you directed and produced entitled The Line in the Sand, which is being sold and distributed through October Sun Films. Your use of the video clips of Congressman Tancredo appears intended to suggest that the congressman endorses the contents or message of your film. Congressman Tancredo does not, in fact, endorse the content or message of your film, nor is he authorized nor consented to your use of video clips in this film. You should be aware that your actions may violate tort laws. Now, let me say, this is just bullshit. First of all, the stuff in the film, the fact that you appear in a documentary uh, does not you endorse it. And second of all, he, the, the clips, Byron, correct me if I'm wrong, were taken from a public press conference. So, so this guy is full of shit. I mean, you want to speak at a public press conference about a direct topic of, the, of interest to a documentary, and they shoot you. There's nothing wrong with that. And, well, uh, yeah, it, it's in, uh, you know, uh, he's a public figure <clears throat> speaking at a public press conference uh, discussing public policy. Uh, it, 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 it's ridiculous. You know, invasion of privacy is what they're uh, citing in this letter. Yeah. Uh, invasion of privacy tort laws, which in, in this case uh, do not apply. And let me say here, what Tancredo is doing, in my opinion, is trying to distance himself from charges of racism. Now, already Bush and Rove will not appear with Tancredo because he's on immigration of letting all the Mexicans in. So they're already afraid of him. He's he's himself is afraid of appearing racist, and of course will will argue against illegal immigration, but only from economic or legal grounds. What VNN has always said and continues to maintain because it is correct is that you argue from your strong point. Our strong point is we don't want Mexicans here because they're fucking Mexicans. We want to There's a regular totem pole of racists they have, huh? <laughs> X won't appear with Y and Y won't appear with Z, and, and there's VNN at the, at the, at the uh, well, well, apex. You know what's... Well, you know, you know what's funny. I mean, uh, about all this stuff is well, when I was at the anti-illegal immigration summit in uh, Las Vegas. The you know footage from that is also in the movie where you have Mexicans shouting, uh, uh, "Go back to Europe! Lemigre's going to take you back to Europe!" And uh, what, what's not in the film, though, is that a contingent of Nation of Islam, a small contingent of Nation of Islam, showed up to actually show solidarity with the Mexicans against. Uh, against white people, essentially, white America. And and meanwhile, inside this meeting, because I was going back and forth uh, um, from out front to, to inside, and then inside, you know, you had these, uh, you know, patriotards, uh, you know, going off that, oh, you know, we, we need more non-white people in here. We're starting to look racist. And meanwhile, there's this extremely racist demonstration going on outside. And then the people inside are, are just... You know, yeah, deathly afraid to stand up for themselves. Uh, you know, on on a group level. Yeah, our people have to combat the insanity of pretending that you can survive as an individual in a hostile world, where races wage war is is nutty. No, let's let's come on into the, become white. You know. Yeah. And us fight for our rights. Of course, we we'll preserve your individual rights, but in a white context, which is the only thing that can preserve them. Well, well, you know what, and 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 all the all the. Uh, all these non-whites—they're not going to jump on the uh, on the 
Patriot bandwagon. I mean, they, they, they don't they don't care about Thomas Jefferson or you know George Washington, founding fathers, Constitution, and all that kind of stuff. They, it, yeah, it, it, it doesn't mean anything to them. They and and, and these patriots are, are are stupid or naive or cynical. You know, if they think that that they're going to attract a, a lot of non-whites to to their movement. That's the disease of universalism. They actually think that these ideas are so universal that they apply to everyone and everyone can see their inherent superiority. And and that's why the, these Catholic intellectuals like Wood claim that Catholicism is, is the West, you know, and we're the first ones to, to create universalism. Well, that's nothing to be proud of. Universalism is highly defective. I mean, a nigger can't understand individual rights. A nigger understands watermelons and fried chicken and, and white pussy. They, they can't grasp any sort of fucking abstraction like I shouldn't steal from my neighbor because it's wrong. I mean, we are at a higher level than they are. And to mix them, they're, they're simply incompatible and irreconcilable. Nature has drawn indelible lines of distinction between them, as, as a wise man once said. All we are doing is repeating the words of the founders, and, and we're repeating their racial attitudes, and we're saying we've got to have a white context. You know, individualism has led to the situation that we're in now. So... What what about our group's interests? Okay, the the rights of the 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 one in a, a thousand black men who can understand what I'm talking about. I don't care about his rights. I'm worried about the threat posed by the 999. And Pat Buchanan right. and weaklings like him, other system approved uh, <laughs> opponents of the system, uh, may claim that that makes me immoral and evil. But I say that his failure to 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 come to our side just shows that he's the weakling. Right. Well, group group rights and group benefits require group infrastructure and uh, if you don't recognize that fact you're going to be constantly working against your better interests and and well, it, it, that's why they, the Jews work so hard to prevent the rise of any group consciousness among whites by stigmatizing it as hatred and ostracizing the people who express its attitudes but you know what I'm not afraid of them Chain's not afraid of them, Aegis isn't afraid of them, Byron isn't afraid of them, you know who's afraid of them? The fucking weaklings like Tancredo they're on the way. Out. That's that's why those people are dying off. They're fucking ineffectuals. It's coming through us, or it ain't coming, folks. All right. And we Jews will Jews will also say that whites' general level of economic power is their uh, representation, and that's a canard. That's not true at all, because uh, Professor McDonald said it in your movie, Byron. He said when. When uh, whites uh, you know, try to organize, we're the only group. No, 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 you may not do that. And I, I just want to step in here how proud I am to be associated with all the people on this show. And, and I love what is, what is becoming of, of, of VNN and how we're developing and growing forward. I hope you people hear that pride in my voice. And I want more of you to get on board and join. And if, if that's supporting with money or whatever, money's great, balls is even better. But we got to do something about this, and we are the only effective vehicle for change. We're white people. We're going to have a white nation. Okay, I don't care what Levy says about that, these fucking kikes at the ADL. I don't care what the Foxmen say. That's what we're going to fucking do is have our white nation, all right? Yeah. No Republicans or Pat Buchanan, childless baron whining. That stuff doesn't work. I don't want to live in Mexico. That's why I want a fucking border. It's an historical battle. It may go on 50 years. It may go on more. But uh, it'll be written about in the history. If you get in there on the ground floor, then you're making the history. We are people who will not back down on what we say. The patriotards every single time will back down because they're, they're nothing but marketers. We are the real opposition. We are the real thing. Don't put your money, your time, your hopes into the Republican Party. Put them into us. Put them into VNN. Put them into Chain and, and Aegis and Byron, making films, making media, putting, putting this stuff out all over the country. 
We are where it's happening. Okay, here's the, here's the opposition, Bush and Rove. Rove going up to someone at a party. I know why you're against Bush's immigration policy. You just don't like the little brown people. Yeah, you got it, buddy. But, of course, I'm sure that that did what he intended and caused the congressman like Tancredo here to shrink away in fear. Oh, my God, I'm going to be called a racist. One thing these patriots don't seem to understand is that when they come out and uh, speak out against uh, white people and white interests, Really, they're only shooting themselves in the foot and alienating a lot of potential support. They're showing weakness, Byron, is what it is. It doesn't attract them any support from minorities, and it just makes whites who know the real score laugh at them. And then it leaves the people in the middle just confused as ever about where the real leadership lies. Let me tell you, we're it. We're leading. We're developing. <clears throat> we're not there yet. You know, but we've steadily grown our media. We've steadily grown our appeal. We've steadily refined our message. We know exactly what we're saying. They're Jews. They are our ultimate enemy. They have sicked these minorities on us, these minorities who are the 92% majority, if you look at the globe. We are the minority. We are the aggrieved and oppressed minority. And we are going to liberate ourselves through our own actions and fighting back and refusing to take bullshit from the Jews. And if having their own country is good enough for the Jews of is, why not for us? Well, you know, where's the disconnect there, white people? In America, we're not going to be run off of our own territory by a bunch of Jews. And they may control the top slots right now, they may control the top media, but we're burbling up from underneath. And we're going to fry them in our, in our hot oil pan. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what, what it could be more of an honor than to be condemned for standing up for your own race, for your own people? <laughs> Which really is just standing up for your own family and your own kin and your own neighborhood and your own kind of people. Like, like I said, I want to live in a white, middle-class society where I don't have to lock the door and where I can deal with people and develop arts and sciences or whatever, whatever direction I want to go without feeling constantly under psychic and physical assault from monkey people. That's not unreasonable. And I don't care if it were unreasonable. It's, it's what I want. And I'm not Alex, Let me say something here. You know, a lot of people don't understand our usage of these, these terms and so forth. Listen. It would be so much more humane if all of the institutions in our culture would recognize that the lies of Franz Boas, that there are no racial differences in the world, if we could all accept and begin to scientifically examine these differences, then we could separate ourselves out for our comfort level and the whites who want to remain mixed with them, you know, could have a nice life. But it's far more humane to say, Oh, yes, blacks are great at basketball. They're great jumpers. Everyone knows that. That's great for them. You know, what is wrong with that? But it does not mean that you want to interact with them on the, with their unpleasantness and, and, and their, their, their envy and so forth on a day-to-day -day level. In other words, it's far more humane to sift people out according to their natural differences and let them enjoy their own culture and their own race. Mm-hmm. So that's a true humaneness, and it's not yet recognized. Of course, Jews, uh, it's a go great for them, and everyone must acknowledge their right to do that, and yeah. that should be fully lauded. No, no one should dare gainsay that for them. Well, that's, Jews are called nation wreckers and have been historically because that's what they do. They wreck nations. How do you wreck a nation? Well, you replace its people. You brainwash the people that are there, and you let in new people. You feed them a bogus narrative of their history and all of a sudden they don't know who they are anymore it's very confusing it's like being hit by a successive waves if you've ever been in the ocean you know how even in a calm surf a wave can easily knock you silly well there's wave after wave after wave 
media wave crashing into the American people's heads, and no matter where they turn, they turn to school, they turn to to radio, they turn to their commentator. They don't know which way is up after a while. Literary and cultural myth and, and we, we cinematic only, myth. We're their orientation, okay, because, and this is what attracted me to Pierce back when I first read his writings. He doesn't change from year to year. He says the same thing in the 60s. He's saying in the, in the aughts, the, the 2000s, you know, that, look, we are whites. This is our enemy, the Jews. This is what they're doing to us. His message doesn't change. The conservatives are just liberals plus time. Yeah. And more and more people are coming to see us. They're coming over to our side. I see it through all the avenues that people communicate with me. And it's thanks to actions like Chains and Byron's getting word out there talking about what's going on that we're saying, hey, well, our case is unimpeachable. No one, no one can argue against it. I mean, and it's worldwide, too. It's not just in this country, uh, all you listeners, especially the newer listeners. It's not just this country. This is worldwide. It's going on in Germany, Sweden, Norway, even Iceland, certainly in the U.K. So, so it's very exciting to be a part of it. Australia, too, and Canada. All yeah. the, uh, yeah. New Zealand? Now have speech control laws. And we are the one, the one place where we still have the First Amendment, and that's why we are so aggressive in its use. And we'll not back down at all, and we'll push for extensions of it. They're also being plagued by immigration, though, too, which left us communists uh, constantly kvetch for. Yeah, like they used to have a white Australia policy, and then that was thrown out. Now it's a yellow Australia policy, let in all, let in all the Asians. You know, white isn't that a good policy when you have a billion people just north of you? That, that, that's certainly a wise policy. Yeah. It is folly for, folly for people to forget the importance of their political institutions and their political culture. And uh, we have to, to re-engage even if that means short-term detriments uh, to our our physical safety even if and 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 wealth and whatnot because mm -hmm. we need to secure the long-term benefits of a white nation yeah exactly right it can't be argued against the first step is raising the consciousness of ourselves as a distinct wow. people and this consciousness believe me is brought home when you live in any kind of a minority area that you ain't them and they ain't you there's something different there's something you don't want any part of. They're nasty. We need to protect ourselves. And, and plus, you know, the, all, all the freedoms uh, that we have and that, that we've had in the past can really only exist in the context of a white society. Um, you know, we can have fairly liberal laws and, and, uh, and a lot of freedom, but that only really works within a white context. That's right. I mean, you don't see any freedom of speech in Africa. You don't no. see any freedom of speech in Asia. I'll tell you, even the Japanese uh, uh, appreciate the value of having their own culture uh, homogeneous. They have a couple of hundred thousand Koreans and that's it. And they, and they complain about them constantly. And uh, at least they create something which is uh, more than many cultures do. But at the same time, they have the wiseness to keep their country and their place for themselves. Exactly. And you know what? A lot of us use their products. Video, I know Byron does, and that's great. No problem. You know, Japan. maybe some people in the future want to watch the black basketball games. I don't know. Japan is extremely safe, extremely homogenous, and there's no Christianity there. So you Christians need to think about that. When you have the race, you have people who are more or less alike that they can get along, and if they don't get along, well, then they separate a little bit, right? But maybe you don't like a certain type of white people. Well, you don't have to live around them, but at least you're not physically threatened by them or psychically assaulted. When you look at the crime rates, you can, you, you can see... That, you know, whites in these colors just cannot get along. Well, let me ask you this, Alex. Then why is it that so many white Christians, they actually think like this, that they're morally superior. I've had this argument with them. Uh, the, the reason I'll say that China and Japan will not accept uh, 
immigrants, for example, from the West, uh, you know, inundate themselves with millions of immigrants from the West, they say, well, they're just not morally at our level yet, but it'll happen. That's what they actually say. You actually have Jews in Japan agitating for Japan to open their borders, which is remarkable. You don't hear about that all that much, but it is happening. And, and you'll see them written about in the Washington Post, and exactly that they they don't like any they don't want any standing example that disproves their theories. Diversity is great. Well, what what's so fucking great about it? You know, what's diversity means niggers and Mexicans. What's great about them? If Mexico hot, hot food. <laughs> you know what 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 part of the the Africans in that Katrina revealed do we want? Do we want those in our neighborhood? Hell no. Uh, the, the spice trade was very big in Europe in the 17th and 18th centuries. <laughs> Yeah, well, Mexicans and, Mexicans and blacks are scum. We don't want them here. They're no good. Okay, it's that simple, and that's how most whites feel. And these Christians, yes, they've, the, the problem is that the seminaries have been gotten to, and they're, they're filled with fags and leftists who are preaching off a, a Jewish agenda, whether they realize it or not. And so they go out and they train. Religion has always been basically a female thing in America. And they, they train these women that, oh, you're helping the poor, lowly nigger, just like that girl thought she was helping Shantez, that's kind of the secular academic version. You're going you're gonna to help these people, and you can change a wild animal by talking to it or rubbing some lotion on it. You're going to change it from being a wild beast into a fully human. No, it doesn't actually work like that. A thing has a nature, and it, it exhibits that nature. It's the universities that have been corrupted. I mean, even if you look at, like, Emerson, uh, he went to Harvard, and he was uh, more or less a Protestant preacher, but he, mm -hmm. he got a good classical education the worldly Helens uh, that that believed in empirically analyzing things uh, and keeping things real and um, coming to accurate observations and so even though he was imbued with a certain amount of otherworldly ism he was fundamentally grounded within our Western culture which is worldly and very sure. here and now but but that formerly hardcore protestant culture that that valued learning and stri moral strictness gave way over time it became weaker and weaker and paler and more pastel and finally resulted in gospel where they're going to save the world with all these goddamn crusades and that's that's a large part of the mentality that produced the war between the states and and that mentality is still with us today and has taken a the Jews have kind of molded or, or channeled it in this direction that, you know, everybody can get along and it's just all we need is more money spent on welfare and what have you and everything. Else. But, of course, we know the truth because we've read MacDonald, which is that the Jews may say that in public, but what they're really doing is pursuing Jewish ethnic interests that leaves them at the top of the food chain and leaves us being eaten by the, the niggers and Mexicans they've interposed. And we don't have to put up with that. We don't have to put up with the Jews in our country. They're a minority. We can stomp them. All we got to do is unite as white people. Say, hey, we're not taking any more garbage from you kikes. Bye bye. Highly leveraged is how you often put it. Highly, Highly leveraged. Highly leveraged is, yeah, extremely. There's only a few million of them, and but yet they seem to provide half the analysts, half the lawyers. Uh, it, it's it's like Weimar, where they they controlled the media and the banks, and they were at the top of of all these professions that influence opinion. And determine. But almost the greater the problem now is so many whites have adopted their point of view. It's frightening. It's absolutely yeah. frightening. There's massive brainwashing that even attempting to wake people up is difficult, and yet we make inroads. We continually draw new people to our forum and to our websites. And, and so this, this is how it begins.
We have an interest to come together and say, we are white people. I don't care. You can call it hate or whatever, but we have our own interests, and we're going to fight for them. Okay. Uh, closing comments. Anyone? Byron? Well, I, I would just like to say that uh, uh, I think Tancredo was just uh, grandstanding, and this is, I mean, it, it, it's just really an attempt at uh, intimidation, and uh, I would like for everybody to uh, buy a copy of The Line in the Sand, uh, go to www.octobersunfilms.com, and... Uh, Support us and help us, uh, you know, put out um, put out more movies. Grow media, yeah, more movies, more papers, more radio, and more internet. I hope uh, Byron won't mind my saying that I know he's got a, a lot of Professor Kevin McDonald ready to go, and so Byron's going to uh, put his well-earned uh, profits back into more media, white media, and I want to see Professor McDonald again more and more. As I've said a number of times, he's the John Locke of of our revolution. Yeah, uh, as John Locke was to the American, and uh, everyone should look at that letter. I'll tell you, Byron, that that's the, one of the funniest documents I've ever read. That letter from the House <laughs> Council, it is really something. Uh, well, it shows you know, how pervasive that he's just so afraid of being called a racist. He's got to distance himself from even exactly. Know, and in the same way, Pat Buchanan and, and and Tancredo, they certainly they have their place, and uh, Jared Taylor. But when they drop the mantle in battle, we'll pick it up and we continue to the next level. Please, everyone who has any kind of skill, you know, Baby Cakes even, uh, she's a southern uh, woman, and she's making some audio spots for our, you know, with that traditional southern accent that you just don't even hear these days. Everyone can participate at some level, but for, with people with uh, extraordinary uh, access to power and capital, we need your help. Join us. Add your strength to ours. Right. There is a, definitely a chance there, and... Uh... We need to use it uh, or lose it. And right now we see Tancredo, who's who's the supposedly most conservative and staunch uh, advocate of um, uh, illegal immigration reforms, fold in the face of one movie. It's important. It's, it's, it's him in his own words. How do you represent somebody in their own words? It's yeah, ridiculous. exactly. Out of context, it's him speaking about immigration, and Byron never pretended that. This film, in any way, represents Tancredo's view. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, this film basically has, you know, every side of the debate represented, and and what uh, I I think what scares people is that the white nationalist point of view is put forth uh, at length and uh, without comment. Yeah, it's not denounced. Yeah, they're no. used to that editorializing. McDonald explains how the Jews manipulated immigration policy to their advantage. And I provide a little emotional, hey, we need to fight back because we're being screwed as a race by racists. <laughs> no one's <laughs> racist. No, there's nothing wrong with, wrong with being a racist, Alex, as long as you're not a white racist, you see. It's okay to be a Jew racist. It's okay to be a nigger racist. Exactly. It's okay to be a spick racist. Exactly. And we shouldn't whine for fairness because nature doesn't know any fairness. Nature doesn't know any rights. Nature knows power. And if you're not fighting for power, then it's going to go to someone else who is. And I'm sorry, right. but if, whether you're a Christian or not, that's reality. Right. We so want some of you Christians need to pull your heads out of your asses and see reality and, and drop this garbage that your fag preacher is telling you about everybody's a person and you're somehow evil if you acknowledge the general actions of blacks and try to protect yourself from self-defense and reason thought. Yeah, those are... Burn in hell for eternity. What a, what a, what a, what a Jewish fairy tale that one is. If Christianity is so great, how come Christian countries are so fucked up? Yeah, we want concrete freedoms uh, for a concrete people. Us. Yeah. 
Uh, and then that's so, how the, it's important to say that that's how the framers saw us. They didn't say it as any oh anybody can be an American from anywhere. They believe the opposite of that. They're like we're basically from British people and a few people from from Europe, and we're going to preserve this land and this country and this constitution for our posterity, not for a bunch of niggers from Africa, not for well, a bunch of Mexicans, but for our people. And that's well, not- interestingly, decade by decade, as they uh, deconstruct. Uh, well, what the Founding Fathers really meant, that'll be their ultimate excuse for throwing it out completely. The First Amendment, the Constitution, the whole rest of it, just checking and saying, these guys were evil. I mean, they're well on their way to it just now. They're, they're, you're, you're living in a fantasy world. If you think when soon America, when you're ch- in your children's lives, when it becomes a non-white majority, are, are you so gullible to think that they're going to be uh, talking about how great Jefferson and Madison and Monroe and, uh, and all the rest of them were? No. No, yeah. no, it's not going to work like that. Race is the only basis from which we can sustain effective opposition to niggers and the Jews who use them, and the Jews who are destroying our country. And you need to recognize the Jews. If you're Southern in particular, you need to, you need to read up on the Jewish issue because that is, that's where the rubber hits the road, as I've said. That's where those are the ones deciding the future of your region and our race. No way out through except through the Jew. That's the way. That's the one I like. I tell you, Byron, you're gonna you're gonna cause a lot of uh, psychic consternation because the ten credo hero worship is gonna come to a screeching halt. Yeah, I, I think he did you a great service by by doing that. I think it's great publicity and it shows you how scared and and truckling even the people who purport to lead the opposition are. They're scared. We we are where it is. Yeah. Ineffectual. It's that simple. And you you right. listening to this, you need to chip in with us, and you need to help us out. And you'll get if you like what you're what you're hearing now, you'll get more of it when you support us. And that means only good right. things There's for no, your people. Uh, look at guys like Ted Turner, how they started out. We could take this country by storm. We just need the funding and uh, the support from you. So. Throw in what you can, and uh, keep listening to Goyfire. You can contact us at info at goyfire.com, and also uh, via Skype, uh, a telephone number. You can check our website for that. So until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes. We want to hear from you. Email your comments to info at goyfire.com or leave us a voicemail message at 304-756-8203. Live right chat. 24-7. IRC or Java. Pick your poison. Right race list. Intercourse. Live and online. VNN Live. That's right, live chat for VNN. VNN.mine.nu. 1488/slash join number VNN. And for you Java folks, HTTP colon double slash VNN.mine.nu colon 88/slash VNN Live. Antis need not apply. Come get some. Free your mind of its alleged thought crimes with Vanguard Radio.